This is the, the, what do they call them, goalpost things? Is that what they call Okay, goalpost, yeah, goalpost. Maybe I'm not as expert as I thought I was. Um, this is the, these are the various lines and the 10 yard lines and so on. And he's dealing with people who have been playing football for a long time, many of them, and are very, very good at it. There's probably not one in 10,000 that probably one in 100,000 that makes it into the ranks of the, these teams in the NFL. So they know the game of football. His point was, doing clever stuff will get you on those, will get your video clips played on YouTube and they'll go viral and you'll look amazingly cool. But day in, day out, that's not what's going to win you um, what do the, the ball game, but what's a big one, the su Super Bowl. That's not what's going to get you there, and it's not what's going to win you the game. Day to day, what's really going to make the difference is not the really amazing, cool stunts. It's the mundane, kicking the ball correctly, passing it correctly, pulling off the plays that you've done a thousand times in practice and doing it right one more time when it matters. It's the mundane. And that's what does us in. And that's what I want to spend the bulk of my time on. I'm not going to be that long anyway. Um, I want to start with a scripture, if I could. If you, Kim, if you could bring up Psalm 119, that one. We're not going to go through all of it, <laughs> praise God. Um, but there was a scripture that I wanted to show you, which there's a, if you look around, there is a bunch of people that are hurting in here. Struggling, I'm sorry. Versus, Kim knew. Kim is, you're underestimating her. The Lord is good and does good. When we arrived here three and a half years ago, I wasn't sure I would have agreed with that. Keith was saying a minute ago, God is good all the time, and I was telling Judy, I've got as far as he's good most of the time. I've sort of got that far. When life is good, your bank balance is in great shape, and your health is wonderful, you can shout that at the top of your voice from the middle of the highway to anybody that's ready to hear. God is good and does good. But when he's busy slamming doors in your face left and right, when uh, you're getting weird letters from banks you've never heard of demanding money. Uh, you can have a bit of a challenge agreeing with that. I know I did. Most of you are probably in better shape than I was or am, so maybe you won't struggle as much. But that's a tough verse to hang on to. But Vince Lombardi had his guys starting with the basics. And for our purposes, this is it. The God is good and does good. It may not feel like it. it. A lot of the time, it is definitely not going to look like it. And you're not going to be inclined to think that. 
But the most important thing I'm ever going to tell you is right there. He is good and does good. And the second thing, and it follows on directly from this, there's, a, there's something that's in the Bible at least three times. I'm only going to show you three times that it's there. I believe it's there probably about 25 times. Okay. Uh, if you could go to uh, Psalm... Which one did you pick? Psalm 37, verse 20. It's in Psalm... Okay, the three, three, I'll show you three places. I won't necessarily go to all three of them. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. King James, for those that are so bright and new living for everybody else, here's the point. God directs our steps. The bad news is he does not ask for your opinion or my opinion. I'd be happy to share it with him. In fact, I have shared it with him. He's still busy directing. This is important because when you're having a seriously down day, there's a question I've asked myself a couple of times. Is he only directing when things are going well or is he still directing when life seems to suck? And unfortunately, he's directing the whole time. It's also, I'm not necessarily going to go there. Everybody knows Jeremiah 29, 11, I think it is. For I know the plans I have for you to prosper you and so on. And it's also in the New Testament. Can you bring up Ephesians, would you mind? Everybody knows Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, or a bunch of us have it memorized. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, and so on. But verse 10 is one I'd never really spotted before. We are his workmanship. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things for us. So far, so good. That doesn't sound too bad. But then it says that he planned for us a long time ago. Let me translate. Our steps are uh, ordered. God has made plans for us, and no, he's not asking for your input. Oh, my. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's not changing. The plans are good, but a lot of the time, they are not going to feel good. And if you haven't had an amazing urge to strangle God with your bare hands, uh, wait a while. You know, you'll get there. Um, this is the time when we're leaving. I'm supposed to share with you some clever insights I've picked up over the years. This is the insight I have for you. God is good and does good. And he plans. He directs. And I can prove to you that his planning goes forward at least, what was it, how many years before after that, that check? Is it 30 years after her death? 30, I can prove to you that he plans at least 35 years ahead. Probably longer 
but I don't have the evidence for that. 35 years, hang around after lunch, we can prove it to you. Probably still have the cancelled check. Um, that was the clever insight. There's a couple of little, other, two more little things I want to say, and then I'll close up shop, okay? The second, there's a quote by Dwight L. Moody. He said that there are many people prepared to do great things for God. Be like Daniel and a hero in the lion's den or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Be prepared to be thrown into the fiery furnace. Heroic deeds and whatever comes off it, you're going to be memorized, memorialized. You'll be in the Fox's Book of Martyrs or some other thing. The problem is, he said, that there are many people ready to do great things for the Lord. The problem is there are very few ready to do, do, ready to do lots of little things. It's the day day of doing the right thing that nobody notices, nobody particularly cares about, and there's never going to be a big write-up about it. Example, uh, Chad, picking up people, is it Chad or Jason? Chad, picking up children to bring them here. There will never be a New York Times front-page story about him doing that. Cody, uh, Steve, Greg, Natasha leading worship here week after week, rehearsing, listening to what the Lord would have them do. Don't expect a five-page spread in any magazine about that. It will not happen. It's not the big things that are difficult. The big things are easy. It's the little things that you do day after day when nobody's watching, nobody's noticing, and the only one that's watching is God. This goes back to Vince Lombardi. The basics, the day-to-day. The last thing I want to share with you, something that happened way back in high school. We call them secondary schools. Cricket team. We were having tryouts. So we're in the gymnasium, and the coach told us what he wanted us to do. There were going to be five rows, something like that, where a a bowler is bowling from over here. You, You probably haven't seen cricket, but a bowler bowls like this. Just think of baseball. Maybe that'll be easy for you. So somebody's delivering a ball in that direction. And what he wanted? Nope. That's exactly what he did not want us doing. Thank you, Cody. Uh, what he wanted the batsman on the other end to do was something very simple and very boring. Play a forward defensive stroke and send the ball back to the bowler. It looks like this. You're the batsman. 
That is a forward defensive stroke. It is extremely boring. In baseball terms, it's, it's as bad as the batsman just, oh, whatever, the, the, who's the guy with the, the thing? The hitter. the hitter. It's as bad as him simply letting the ball go by. All it is is a check mark on somebody's scorecard. Didn't hit it, didn't swing at it. That's what a forward defensive stroke is. That's what the coach wanted us to do. Very, very quickly, everybody began swinging at the ball and making some dazzling strokes. And pretty soon, all the rest of us were doing the same. Come to find only one person was automatically selected for the team that day. He was the one that was doing what the coach said to do, playing these boring forward defense strokes. Here's the problem. We all want to do dazzling things. What we don't want to do is the boring, the mundane, and the day-to-day. Vince Lombardi was not trying to teach a theological lesson to the Green Bay Packers. But he was. If you, uh, Kim, I'm, this is very, very short notice. I'm not sure you can do it, but there's a wonderful scripture that it's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, and I think it's verse 2. Um, is it? Yes, it is. First Corinthians. First Corinthians chapter four, verse two. We all want to be brilliant at prophecy. If you weren't here when David McDonald was here or when John Natali was here, those guys can just scare you. Okay. If you have a good, clear conscience. They're very encouraging and uplifting. If your conscience is like mine, they're just scary, okay? Um, that's, sorry, confession time. What God is looking for is what the high school cricket coach was looking for. What, uh, who was the coach's name is not coming to me now? Vince Lombardi was looking for. Faithful people who will do what they're supposed to be doing. God is looking for people who will simply do simple, straightforward things without drama, without looking for an audience. Just do the right thing. Keep doing the right thing. It's not that exciting. Don't worry about it. Keep doing it. That's for you. Thank you, guys. Last night, he reminded me of one of the, quote, boring things that we had been doing. When we were back in Jersey, which was like four states ago, um, six or seven years when we left, it was a, our first time in a strong, prophetic-leaning church it had great services um, most of the you know, time. But after church, like around here, uh, 
everybody just, okay, we're done, and y'all walked out. And we were new to the area and didn't, you know, still didn't know a whole lot of people. And I don't know, some one day there was popcorn on sale at the at the supermarket. I mean, I forget what the deal was, but the microwave bags were really cheap. So I bought a bunch, and after church, as people were gathering their things, I started popping popcorn. <laughs> and I stuck it out, and people hung out for 10 minutes. And they munched on popcorn, and then they, you know, they, they visited, and we got to meet a few people. And so I said, great, next week, you know, got more popcorn. <laughs> And I started just doing like the popcorn. And then one day, um, and you know, I make iced tea, the instant iced teas and the instant, you know, put water out and nothing fancy. I guess there was coffee, I'm sure. Um, and it just became a ritual that, you know, after church you stay and you have you spend a few minutes visiting with people. Well then I was exploring our neighborhood and I found one of those discount day old bakery places you know, that sell you the cakes and things three for $10 or whatever. So I bought a couple. And instead of having popcorn, I figured, okay, we're going to have cake. Well, then people stayed 20 minutes later, <laughs> you know. But soon, it turned out one of the girls, well, I say girl, okay, she's 40-some. Um, one of the women in the church worked for one of the major grocery companies in the area, and she happened to work in their bakery section. Um, after their cakes went out of date, they were not allowed to be sold to the public. Why? I don't know. I mean, you know, they're not even at a discount. But they were allowed to be sold to employees. And she would buy, so she started buying these cakes, and they were like, I mean, seriously, fancy, incredible cakes that would you and I would have to pay 20 bucks for because they're raspberry compote cream in, you know, the swirly icing and whatever. I don't know. Stuff. But she'd get them for a dollar because they were now the day after or whatever. Well, before too long, and then we had started having the rock meetings around the same time, John Natale. Um, before too long, we had three or four tables every night that these meetings were going on and every day after church of cake and candy, you know, small candies and peanuts and, and various drinks. And people didn't leave church. I mean, they were there for an hour or whatever after. And then we started, and then of course we'd have meals once in a while. But even at the rock meetings, the rock meetings were started at 7 and by 9.30, most people were leaving. Well, when we started having food, then people started hanging out till 10, 10.30, because they'd come grab a snack and go back in and start worshiping. And then there were a couple of times when we literally like sat and like got to the point where we have the keys to the building and we're leaving. Okay? We're going to shut, you know, we're going to lock the doors behind us. If you're leaving, leave. If you're staying, fine. One night, Matthew, who was visiting at the time, and about four or five other kids who had driven down two hours. They used to come down from one of the, from one of the colleges, Nyack College, Nyack Christian College, which is about two hours away. They would come down regularly to hear John and the, the kids and whatever. Um, they just decided, okay, lock us in. 
And we did. Saturday night, we locked the doors, locked them in, and came back Sunday morning and opened the doors and said, hi, here, we brought you a fresh T-shirt, you know, so you don't smell quite so bad. But it was something so little to me. I mean, you know, what's popcorn? And I was only, I mean, I meant I was doing it on a kind of a selfish reason. I needed people to hang out for a few minutes. I needed to say hello to people, get to know, find out if I was going to make a friend, um, whatever. And it just exploded into something that became, you know, 30 pounds later, <laughs> um, it became something incredible. And we were horrible when we had to leave. We, but I, by the time we left, I could look at the people. I looked at Faith, for example, and Ami. The, Faith was the one who worked at the bakery. And Ami was one of our best friends. And I'm like, okay, the cakes are always kept in the refrigerator. When you bring them, you throw them, you, you know that. Here's where I keep the coffee. Here's the tea that goes with it. I've stocked this cabinet. This is this cabinet. Now I gotta go. You know? And we moved out. Um, but that's one example that he was talking about of a little thing. I mean, it's nothing to me. But those are the kind of, one of the types of things. And you might have your own little thing. You might have, I mean, um, Wayne's Farm has all those little things of taking the vegetables around. Those are not major things. I mean, you know, he, he may get a write-up in our local newspaper. You know, if there's not enough news to go around, let's put something. Um, but, you know, he's not going to get a big fancy spread in, in, um, on Good Morning America or something, you know, highlight of the week. This is... Wayne Flowers, yeah, doubt it. But it's the little things that constantly get done. And those are the things that will keep everybody on track, as Seth was saying. You know, we try and do the big, huge thing. You, you hear about people all the time, you know, that, that are super names in Christian world, and then they crash and burn because and behind them there's really no foundation or they've lost their foundation. They're off doing the big things. And nobody's, but you know, they're they're lost their support, the little things, and they're they just go crash. So, anyway, other than that, we are very sad to leave you guys. We really are. We love this area. This was when we came here and got to know it. At first, I must admit, when they first told us about about Jessup, I got the thing. Well, it's this tiny town in the middle of Georgia, some in the middle of South Georgia somewhere, and it looks like there's nothing around it. There's some things, you know, you can travel an hour and you can find something, and we're going, oh, gosh, how tiny of a town is this? How boring, how, you know. But, okay, we'll take it. Well, you know, we feel this is where we're going, and we'll take it. And I took my job and came down, and surprise, it's a decent little town. I mean, not, you know, not tiny, not totally nothing to do, no shops, no whatever. And things are relatively close. So we learned to love this area. And we learned to love all you guys because, you know, you guys are cool. And we're, how we're going to find a church like this, I am dreading looking for a new church because I don't want to be bored. <laughs> um, but when God said to go, you know, it's time to go. And that has been our one big prayer is we don't care where Lord sends us. I mean, there's some places I would choose not to go. And I've told the Lord that, you know, I'd prefer not to go here or there. But if you'd send us to there, you know, I'll, you'll, I'll figure it out. I'll learn to eat that food or I'll learn to, 
deal with that issue. I mean, we were talking, in, you know, going back to India. Somebody was asking us if we'd ever go back to India, and my thought was, no, no, I don't want to step foot. I don't ever want to go. Um, you know, food, mm, yeah. The bugs, the fact that they don't have electricity most of the day. Um, the heat, the, you know, pick something. And I'm going, no, I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm an American. I like my creature comforts too much. But if God had said, you know, you need to go, we'd, we'd, and we knew it, we'd go. So we only get to go to Arizona. And it's actually sounding like a pretty decent place to live. Um, and the humidity? Yes. There is none. Yay! Um, and the cool thing, when I talk about, when we talk about the non-humidity, in case you've ever not experienced it, it means it's hot. Yeah, it's hot. It's a desert. It's hot. But your clothes don't get soggy. You can go walking around and not have to change your clothes in two blocks. And, you know, you can go the whole day with one outfit on. <laughs> and that is something you don't get to do around here. At least I don't um, if I'm outside. So, um, yeah, that's, that's what we have. But just... You know, whatever God gives you, it may not. I mean, we don't look to Sat and I. We keep going. What you know? We don't do anything. What's so big? You know, you guys are having a, fabu a fabulous meal for us, and we're going. Why? We didn't do it. You know, we're nobodies. But that's when Sat was realizing all those little things probably do add up, and it, you know, whatever. And so that's whatever you're called to do. Go ahead and do it. Um, I don't remember the story exactly as it happened. Uh, yeah, ha do you guys know that the older you get, just if, if you're married or if, if you have a close friend and you you have an, a, a, an, an encounter, some sort of a life experience with them, and you're together years later and you're, you're, somebody asks you to remember and recall that life event, that you and the person you experienced that with, have you ever noticed that there's nobody remembers the life event the same way? And so, I don't necessarily remember this. It, 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 probably it's not right, but I think I got an email from you, okay, when you guys were moving out this way. Who, and you said someone, did you look us up on the internet, or how'd that happen? I went to Danny Chain. Danny, that's with Mountain of Worship, Columbia. Renee Smith. What? Renee Smith. No. no? Lee Hattrick. Lee Hattrick. Yeah. And so Lee recommended <laughs> us to you. And then he you. Gave us three places to go okay. To check out. Okay. He said, the one in Jeff was for you and Sheila. Yep. And then he gave us two other places. And one was 20 miles away and one was 30 miles away. Yeah. Well, obviously, the first place you're going to check out was the one right here in town. So, anyway. Um, Lee recommended us, and Judy contacted me, and we had an email, and then we had a phone call conversation or two, and you guys were in need of a house, and Monica was free, and so Monica and I kind of surveyed the houses in the area, and Monica actually went and explored the houses for you and took pictures or something and yeah. 
sent them back to you and, and tried to make it easy for you to find somewhere because we wanted to help you. And, and, and from the get-go, you know, I told them, I said, you know, yeah, we do have a church here, but, and you're welcome to come, but you're not obligated. You know, just because we're helping you doing the southern, hospitable, decent, right Jesus thing to do, you're not obligated to us. And so they found a house, they moved in, and we began to get to know Sat and Judy. Now, I think I spoke with Sat on the phone as he was driving the U-Haul this way one time. And, and, and so it, it was this British gentleman speaking to me. You know, and I, you, know, you know how it is whenever you're talking to somebody on the phone and, and you get this mental idea between what they sound like and what they should look like? Well, when he hit the ground and I met Sat Cali, it was just like, whoa, here's an Indian man. He's obviously Indian, but he's speaking with this British accent, you know? And yeah, from Missouri, of all places. And, and it's just, he was this, this, this mixture of, of cultures and, 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 and ideas and different things. And it was just, it was amazing to me. And so, and sex, he caught my attention pretty quick. And then Judy, as, as came along and got to know her, um, I'll just go ahead and say this. You know, you're one of the most intelligent people I know. You are very well informed in lots of different, you, you, you read a lot and you're, you're on the internet a lot and you, you know a lot and it's just blown me away as the two of you so distinctly different. You know, not that you aren't smart. You know, and this man here, I'm, if you ever have a, a, a math problem, this is the guy you go see. If, if you ever want an equation of, of, of how the solar system all works together, go to him. He can give him a big enough chalkboard. He'll figure it out for you mathematically. But it's this, the, these two people who are so different, yet God has worked a common bond in them. And, and, and part of the commonality that, that, that I have been struck with over the years is, 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 is Janie and I have talked about this at home, how having been through what they've been through and not be bitter, it's a miracle. But Sad and Judy have this, this, this wonderful outlook on life that God is good <laughs> and He's going to stay that way. And how they don't regret over the things that they've lost, but rather how they look forward to the things that God has promised. And they realize the things that they had in life, which was, it was an abundance. I mean, they were living, they were living the American dream, y'all, on their way. And then, and then through a series of events, the, the, what we would consider to be the American dream was just absolutely washed away like a, like a hurricane would blow through it. How they still have love for God and how they know He's good and realizing that what they had was really not God's best for them. God's best for them is still out there and that's what they're pursuing. And as long as I'm on this earth 
and think about them. That's going to be their testimony to me. And nobody can take that away from me. And so I think what I'm trying to say, and I'm going to to kind of say a few things and then I'll quit, is that if you dare try to buttonhole somebody into a particular notion that you have of what they should be or, or, or shouldn't be, or that sort of thing. You're going to really miss who people are. Because when I, when I talked to this, this couple on the phone and then when I met them, it totally blew me away because what God sent me in them was not like what I had expected. And it's been a glorious thing. It's been really, really good. And, and let that be a lesson to all of us. Okay. Don't try to buttonhole and, and figure people out according to what you think they should be or according to your expectations. Take people for who they are because God's got a gift bundled in people that he is waiting for you to discover. And no, it may not be like you think. It may not necessarily be what you want or what your preference would be, but it's profitable and good for you. Because see, at the end of this road... It's all going to be about the relationship. It's all about relationships. And if you miss an opportunity to make a relationship with the gift of God that's standing before you, you really miss. Really, really miss. And that's an opportunity that once it's slipped away, it's gone. And so I've enjoyed these two, and I've been totally blown away by what God has done in their life and what he's yet to do. And um, I'll just read a scripture, okay? This is in Acts 20. It's when uh, Paul was, actually what he was doing is he was, he was making his last statement to the church at Ephesus and to the elders about his experience with them, and he was going to leave. He was going to be sent to Rome, and and he was going to leave there and probably never see their face again. Listen to what this, I just want you to listen to this. So be on your guard. Remember that, this is sort of as he's coming to the conclusion of what he was saying. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. Now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those that are sanctified. You know, as as you two go, you know, I'm just saying now I commit you to God and to the word of His grace which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. You're going to establish more relationships. And we commit you to God and His grace as you go. He said this, I've not coveted anyone's silver or gold clothing. You yourselves know that these hands of mine have supplied my own needs and the needs of my companions. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work we must keep, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it's more blessed to give 
than to receive. And when he had said this, he knelt down with all of them and prayed, and all wept as they embraced and kissed him. What grieved them most was his statement that he would never see their faces again. Then he accompanied them to the ship. See, with Paul at Ephesus, it was, it was about the relationship and the commonality of the work. And I think today, to, to me today, is a testimony of, of, of the commonality that we have in Jesus. Not, not the points where we differ, but the places that we have common. Those, those, those bonds that we make in Christ that are totally and completely inseparable. That bind us all together. Not only link us together in this room, but link us with every other church that's called Christian. That claims the name of Jesus. Not only in Jessup, and not only in Wayne County, and not only in Georgia, not only in America, not only in the Northern Hemisphere, but also throughout the earth. There's a commonality and a bond that we share. And it's a great thing when you can discover that bond in the lives of people. That's what makes us stick together. And so God blessed us with these two, a time when they came, and it was, it was a wonderful time of discovering each other and um, learning to work with each other, learning to love each other, learning to help each other. It's a wonderful time. You know, but now comes a time where we have to let each other go. And that's a sad but joyous affair. See, I'm, I'm actually happy for them. Because I know if they know in their heart they're pursuing the best of God for them is yet to come, then I'm happy to see you go. Because I, I want you to attain the best that God has for you as soon as you possibly can. I mean, like right now would not be too soon. Now beyond that, beyond these two, let me say this. We have seen a lot of people come and go through the years. Lots of different reasons. Some go away and some come back. <laughs> it's interesting to me to see the dynamic of how that works with our ministry. And so we've seen a lot of people come and we've seen a lot of people go. We need to, from this day forward, not that we have it already, but from this day forward, we need to really, when somebody new comes through the door, we need to go ahead and, and ask the Lord to show us the, the, the common places. Not the places that we diverge, but the places that are common. Okay? Now, I'll say this before you guys came, and I think those of you who've been here for a while would know a little bit about this. Um, and I'm not making an excuse here. I'm just, I'm just trying to kind of explain part of our journey, if, especially if you're new to us, you need to know about part of the struggle of our journey. Um, part of the struggle of our journey was contained in the characteristic that, that often plagues uh, a prophetic ministry in that sometimes we're not really social people. Yeah, see, now she got a warning. When she, okay, now this is the other part is, you know, Lee, bless her heart, I guess it was Lee, who loves us to death, told her that we were not real sociable we we didn't we didn't mean to not be sociable but it just kind of kind of happened that way and so 
a few years ago. Now, this was now, now something that you don't know. A few years ago, we had uh, a lady in our ministry who received a comment from someone who visited our ministry down on Walnut along those same lines. Which, you know, as we received that sort of a constructive criticism, and which, you know, it was something that we, we had tried to improve on, and I think we have improved on it down through the years. But as we received that constructive criticism, Janie and I had a separate conversation about uh, the mothership, Morningstar, how that they aren't real social people either, and how socially and, 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 and the personableness is kind of lost sometimes. And it, it, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it to... to, to try to defend being um, prophetic because that's just kind of like the way we are. We don't have to be that way. And so we've made really big steps toward you know, being more sociable and more personable down through the years. And it kind of started a little bit before y'all got here. And I hope you found us to be personable and social. We hope we've improved on our social skills some. Because... You know, and I'll just be honest with you. No, you probably couldn't take that much honesty, so we'd just go on to another thing, okay? We'll save that for another day. But anyway, I guess we could say we've come a long way, baby. <laughs> Remember that? And it's a good thing. And so I, my whole thing this morning is I just simply wanted to encourage you to Appreciate the people gifts that come your way, whether they meet your criteria or not, because everybody can contribute to your development, your growth, your well-being, and come together to help you celebrate the blessing of God that they truly are.